Super Bible Party, Super Bible Party, Super Bible Party, yeah. It's an unfinished country. It's still prehistorical. The only thing that is lacking is, is the dinosaurs here. It's like a curse weighing on an entire landscape. And whoever goes too deep into this has his share of that curse. So we are cursed with what we are doing here. It's a land that God, if he exists, has, has created in anger. It's the only land where, where creation is unfinished yet. Taking a close look at, at what's around us, there, there is some sort of a harmony. It is the harmony of overwhelming and collective murder. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Berry, and welcome to the Super Bible Party Podcast. Uh, that was a quote from uh, Werner Herzog, a great filmmaker. Uh, you might have also seen him in The Mandalorian, uh, talking about how there's no harmony in the universe, a world of, of murder, uh, a, wor a world of beauty, um, a world of danger. It's a world of laughter and a world of fears. Uh, in a world of hope, in a world of tears. Um, and Werner Herzog uh, directed a, a documentary called Grizzly Man, which is a fantastic documentary, by the way. You should check it out. Uh, there's, a, there's a man, uh, I forget his name. We'll add it later. <laughs> but he's out there with the Grizzlies, and uh, he filmed a bunch of footage with himself. Uh, hanging out with grizzly bears, and uh, he ended up getting uh, eaten by a grizzly bear. Werner Herzog uh, put the film together. Grizzly Man, uh, to talk about that. What does that got to do with Super Bible Party Podcast? Well, I'll tell you, folks. Uh, we're going to talk about the story of the prophet Elisha and grizzly bears. Um. It's, it's quite a story. Now, you know, the Super Bible Party Podcast, this is the seventh episode. We've had six so far. Took a, took a little break, three weeks break, for the Christmas and, and New Year's times. I hope you can forgive me. Uh, if, if we as humans can't forgive each other, who can we forgive? That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Who are we to, to not forgive? When to forgive is divine. Uh, I don't know. But uh, we're gonna, you know, we're back in action uh, weekly. Where we talk about crazy, weird, bizarre, uh, disturbing, amazing stories in the Bible. Uh, maybe your Sunday school teacher skipped over them. Maybe they're a little bit too, too uh, risque or weird or shocking. Uh, we won't do that here, folks. Here for you. I trust your intelligence. We're we're gonna share it all. The stuff from the actual Bible. Uh, this is not for. Uh, Necessary believers or non-believers uh, to take a side on. This is to enjoy the stories of the Bible. So whether you are the most devout religious person or uh, maybe the most jaded nabob out there, I hope you still like this. So let, let's let's uh, move on here. Uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, this is a uh, BC times uh, eight hundred or so BC. And we've got the book called Second Kings. The first Kings book was so good they made a sequel. And uh, Second Kings chapter 2. Now there's this great prophet named Elijah. And he has a successor named Elisha. And he's been working with this new successor, this new prophet 
God's prophet, hand-picked prophet, Elisha. Because Elijah's not uh, long for this world. Elijah's the, the old Jedi master, and Elisha's the new new Jedi Padawan. Uh, ready to, he's been learning the ways. And uh, we come here, chapter 2, Kings, Second Kings. I'm going to read here from you. This is the New International Version. Uh, now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, I love the whirlwind imagery in the Bible. Remember, uh, we talked about uh, in the book of Job, God appeared to Job at the end in the form of a whirlwind because, you know, you can't perceive what God looks like. It's a whirlwind. Maybe that is what God looks like. Whirlwind in a thorn tree. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Lord is about to, it gives you a, a preview here. The Lord's about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. And Elijah and Elisha are on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. Wants to leave Elisha behind for a bit here. And, and Elisha says, no, hey, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I'm not going to leave you. So they, they went down to Bethel together. Wanted to stay by his master. So the company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha. And they said, hey, did you know you're... The Lord's going to take your master Elijah from you today? And he says, yes, I know. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, again, stay here, Elisha. Stay here in Bethel. Uh, the Lord sent me to Jericho. And Elisha replied, well, again, come on. As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. Come on, what kind of? Apprentice would I be? So they went to Jericho together. And um, pretty much a carbon copy of what happened before in Bethel. It says the company of prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and said, Do you know the Lord's going to take your master from you today? He goes, Yeah, I know. I know. He said it in the last town too. Read a paper, for gosh sakes. I know, so be quiet. So then, Elijah... Thinking third time's a charm here. He says to Elisha, look, Elisha, stay here. The Lord sent me to Jordan. Like, ah, oh, come on, Elijah. You've already tried this twice. I'm staying with you. So they walked on. Now, 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance. Facing the place where Elijah and Elijah had stopped at the Jordan River. And Elijah took his cloak and he rolled it up and struck the water with it. Check this out. The water divided to the left and the right. And the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Whoa! Likes it. Which hasn't been seen since Moses parted the Red Sea. Pretty awesome stuff. He's got the power of God at his command to do these miracles. Just he didn't have to get his feet wet there. That was awesome. When they crossed, uh, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, tell me true, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? This is, he's about ready to leave Elisha behind. He's going to be the new prophet. And he wants to know, is there anything I can do for you before I leave? What's, what's one last gift I can do? And he said, um... Give me that cool magic robe. No, he didn't say that. He said, uh, 
Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. That's what Elijah asked from his uh, his master. He, and, and, and Elijah says, you've asked a difficult thing. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. Well, that's a pretty good commitment there, huh? Now, now Elijah's gonna, Elisha is uh, going to be the new prophet. Everybody knows Elijah is the prophet of God, and he's going to be taken away. And so Elisha's got some pretty big sandals to fill. And so Elisha's basically saying, you know, look, I'm going to have a tough time convincing people that I'm the new dude. So I want twice the power you've had, just, just so if I get in a bind, you know, I can pull some of that Doctor Strange shit out of thin air and it'll it'll work out, you know. And, and he says, okay, he gets that. He gets it. So he says, you ask for a difficult thing. And um, if you see me when I'm taken from you, Elijah, it'll be yours. Otherwise, it will not. Now, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. That's pretty awesome, right? That That's like some Raiders of the Lost Ark stuff there. As they were walking along a chariot of fire. That's where the movie Chariots of Fire comes from. And horses of fire. Woo! Can you imagine seeing that? They appeared and separated uh, Elijah and Elijah. And then Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind. Whoa! Woohoo! And Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father! the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw him no more. Then he took hold of Elijah's garment and tore it in two. Then Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. And he took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord? The God of Elijah, he asks. He's, he's thinking, all right, now I'm on all my own. Maybe maybe the cool stuff was happening just because Elijah was here. But now that Elijah went off uh, with basically the coolest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Chariots of fire with horses of fire and then a whirlwind. Whew, top that. Uh, but he took the cloak and, and just like he saw Elijah do, he touches it to the water and it divides right and left. So he's like, okay, this, this still works. And the prophets saw him do this. The other prophets of Jericho. So they see, wow, the spirit of Elijah is now resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and they bowed to the ground before him. They said, look, we're your servants, 50 able men. Um, Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on some mountain or in some valley. So they think Elijah's still around. Maybe, and uh, yeah, apparently Alexa thinks it's the prophet Elisha there, if you heard her in the background there. Uh, no, Elisha says, don't send them. He, he's gone. You're never going to see Elijah again. But they were persistent, and uh, he was too embarrassed to refuse, so he says, all right, send them. And they sent 50 men who searched for three days, but they didn't find him. And they returned to Elijah, who was staying in Jericho. He said, didn't, didn't I tell you not to go? So Elisha is the new prophet here. Now the people of the city say to Elijah, look, our Lord, 
This town's well situated as you could see, but the water's bad and the land is unproductive. And he says, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. All right. And uh, they, they bring him. A, uh, they went out to the spring and they threw salt in it. It says, look, this is what the Lord says. I've healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive and the water remain pure to this very day. According to the word Elijah has spoken. So uh, two miracles very quickly here. Uh, he, he parts the, uh, the Jordan so he can walk across it. And then he, he uh, this is disease infested, disgusting water. It's so bad. Crops can't even grow at this water. And he fixes all that. Pretty cool, right? So Elijah is clearly the new guy. Now, this is this is the part of the story that I love. It's it's one of the craziest uh, kind of hard to explain stories in the Bible. Um, this is one of those stories that can kind of only happen in the Old Testament. This is not a, a story with actions that you would see Jesus do. Because um, it's really hard to explain uh, the motivations here. But let, let's let's read this and then we'll talk about it. So Elisha leaves Jericho. And he goes to Bethel. Remember, they, him and Elijah were making this little tour on the way. They're going back. He's retracing his steps, basically. And he's the new prophet. People now know. Word's spreading. And uh, as, he's, as Elisha's walking along the road, some boys came out of the town. And they start making fun of him. They start jeering him. And they say, quote, this is in the Bible, get out of here, baldy. Get out of here, baldy. They're making fun of him for being bald. Apparently being having a bald spot was, was not the cool thing it is like for podcast hosts uh, like today. But they're saying they're making fun of the dude for being bald. What's up, baldy? He turns around. Doesn't turn the other cheek in this case. He turns around. And he called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. He calls a curse down on these boys who are making fun of him for being bald in the name of the Lord. And then two she-bears came out of the woods. And then just scare these these these. These 42 boys didn't just scare him, didn't just growl. You'd think that would be enough, right? Like he just says, hey, God, I'm calling down a curse on these boys for making fun of my baldness. And bears come out, growl, like what? That would be enough for me, right? No, no. The the she-bears, as they're referred to, because everybody knows she-bears are um, way more uh, scary than male bears. And uh, the she-bears... Yeah, there they are. The she-bears come out and and maul 42 boys. Pretty horrible. Yeah, you can hear them in the background there. We got some modern side sound effects in the new... uh, yeah, he, 42 kids mauled by she-bears, called down on a curse of God. And what does he do? Uh, he goes on to Mount Carmel, and then he returned to Samaria. Um, 
Now, Elisha went on to live a good uh, life full of more miracles, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But that's pretty crazy, right? He calls down uh, for God to help. And, and, now, we don't know this. Did, did Elisha want she-bears to appear and God made it happen? Or, or did Elisha just say, help me out, God, and God was feeling really creative that day? Uh, maybe God was bald and uh, he didn't like making fun of Elisha. Um, so many things you can consider. Now, it's a very brief passage in in that in Second uh, Kings. There, there's not not a lot to that. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, it's just like a paragraph, really. You know, this is a verse twenty three through twenty five. Just three verses. Um, why would God have forty two kids mauled by bears? <laughs> who knows now we we don't know that they were killed and uh, we do know that 42 of them were mauled um first of all these kids are pretty dumb you know i mean a bear could maybe maul three people at a time so you, you figure two bears working that crowd uh appropriately um they, they attack six kids you know maybe one claw on one kid one claw on another kid and you bite the other one uh, let's let's assume. I mean, these are cool bears summoned by God, but they, they, you know, I don't think four claws at once is really. They can't. They gotta walk and and stand. So six kids are are mauled by bears first. What are the other, th- you know, uh, twenty eight of them doing at this time? I, I'm not good at math, folks. Uh, you got at least twenty five kids there still going. What what the hell? And they just stand there, and then, and then okay, then they they attack another six kids. I mean, if you, 42 divided by 6, that's a lot of rounds of, of bears attacking and mauling kids. Uh, kids did not know how to run. They were they were in awe and scared and, and stood there and took their mauling. Uh, kind of became men that day, really, um, if you think about it. But we don't know that the kids died. Maybe they just had scrapes, a reminder. Uh, why did Why did God do this? This was not just all Elijah's doing. God, God would. It says here it was uh, he, he, a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Well, the the real lesson here is that God appointed a new prophet. Elijah's gone. Elisha's the new guy. Um, it's kind of like when uh, President jo- Vice President Johnson became president after JFK was killed. Everybody loved John F. Kennedy. And uh, when Johnson was became a president, he had some big um, shoes to fill. And when he had to address Congress for the first time, they thought like, well, you're not really my president. You're not the one that we elected. You're just the VP. We want JFK back. And then Johnson... Uh, had two bears go into Congress and mauled 42 senators. Uh, that's pretty much what happened there. And they go, okay, dude, we, we won't question your authority again. That's basically what happens here. Now, Elisha, he is known for a little bit more than mauling kids with bears. Um, he uh, helped uh, the armies out quite a bit. Um, and... Um, for six decades, he was the prophet of Israel between 892 and 832 B.C. Um, it was really hard to keep track of the years back then because they went backwards. 
It's like it's 892. Oh, hey, next year is going to be 891. Why are we counting down? I don't know yet, but in about 800 years, it'll make sense. Um, anyway, Elisha uh, fixed the water, as we said there. And um, he uh, helped out the king. He helped them win battles. There's even a, a story here uh, where um, he um, there were some uh, prophets that were uh, affected by famine. And, and, and uh, he made a, a porridge out of poisonous gourds into a wholesome food. Uh, kind of like uh, when you make spaghetti squash. And then he fed a hundred men. 20 loaves of barley and there's still some left over so this is actually a story before 900 years before jesus uh, fed all those people with just a, a loaf of bread um you know uh he's doing the same thing pretty cool right um no we we, we don't know did he actually uh, multiply the amount of food or did he just make a little bit go a long way we don't know uh, he he cured a Syrian military commander of leprosy. So again, he he's doing a Jesus style miracles uh, long before Jesus was around, and um, and then uh, he saved the king uh, from some ambushes several times. He was good with helping him out with military stuff. Did some weird stuff too, like he uh, there's an axe that fell into the waters of Jordan, and uh, he made it pop back out again. And uh, he prophesied uh, terrible sufferings of folks, as I'm reading here in the Wikipedia summary. And uh, he uh, was able to do uh, predict the future. And um, basically, uh, you know, he, he healed some folks and uh, ends up dying. It's his time, it's his final days. And uh, this is a pretty interesting passage here. It says... Um, when Elijah lay on his deathbed, Jehoshaphat of Israel, the grandson of Jehu, you know him, came over to Mona's departure, and he says, um, he uttered the same words of Elisha when Elijah was taken away, indicating his value to him. He says, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And, um, you know, Jehoshaphat assists Elisha to fire an arrow eastwards from the window of his room, predicting as it lands. And he says, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek until you have destroyed them. And Elisha predicts three successful battles over the Arameans, but no absolute victory. And, and later we see that there's uh, some victories there. And he passes away. And what's cool about this is it says, the touch of his corpse later serves to resuscitate a dead man. And a year after Elisha's death and burial, the body was placed in Elisha's grave. And as soon as the body touched Elisha's remains, the man revived, stood up on his feet. Whoa! Hey, everybody! Why did you bury me on top of a stinky old corpse? Um, anyway, that's the story of Elisha. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um... Elisha's uh, one of the OG prophets there. And, uh, you know, he's celebrated uh, by everybody. Everybody loves Elisha. He's, uh, he's in uh, Islam, uh, Muslims. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's mentioned in the Quran. Uh, he's also mentioned in um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. When uh, 
Elisha six she bears on her period. No, that doesn't happen. Um, hey, folks, uh, we'll be back again next week. It's been a pleasure to bring this back to you. I was a little bit gun shy coming back because three weeks is a lot of time to have off when you're trying to spread the fun word of Bible stories. Uh, but my name is Robert Berry. Tell a friend. Uh, you can visit us at superbibleparty.com. And um, you can subscribe to us on, on any podcast service that exists. We're there. Tell a friend. Love to hear from you. Uh, you can email me at superbibleparty. Uh, Robert at superbibleparty.com. Excuse me. And visit the website. Until then, may all your days be Super Bible Party days. Thank you, everyone. God be with you till we meet again. Sung by Anthony and Harrison. Edison Records. Thank <laughs> you.